0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Jared and I'm the group's resident here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our mission is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. And so whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help you draw near to the person of Jesus, be challenged and encouraged by his word and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you are in him. That's people said together, amen. amen. Well, hey, good morning, Frontline. Can we say thank you to our team this morning just for leading us so well just in worship? <clears throat> Just good to be with you. Uh, If you're joining for the first time, welcome. Uh, My name's David. I'm the lead pastor here at Frontline. And if it's your very first time, you're joining at an awesome time. Uh, Just like Courtney was saying, we're in a really sweet season right now. Uh, But the series that we're in right now is also one, uh, it's called Anchored, right? If you see the the buffer slide behind me, it's called Anchored. We're talking about the different things that we're actually anchored to in our lives as followers of Jesus. So to start, I wanted to bring you back uh, to a fun time in my life, which was college. I want to bring you back to college. Uh, I loved college. I loved almost every part of it except the school part. Anybody else? Right? The moving out, being on your own, managing your own schedule, ultimate frisbee, food, buffets, I mean, stupid decisions, all of it. I, I rocked that part. Uh, it was the class part that I tended to struggle with. And I learned, right? When you get to college, you learn. There's like different types of classes that we all have to take. And so if you went to college, uh, chances are you took a combination of all three of these. Uh, the first one is core, right? Your core classes. This is your gen eds. This is the stuff that like you're required to take in college. Uh, I was wasn't wasn't particularly like moved by any of these classes. I wasn't like, my life wasn't changed by any of these classes, but but we understand them to be core classes because everything else builds on top of them, right? Like, you have to know how to do some math if you're going to pursue most of other things in life, right? Or you have to know how to read, or you have to know, etc. Right? There's core classes. We all understand core classes. Second category of classes would be major classes. Major classes are, I know what I'm doing. I know what direction I'm headed. Right? If I'm looking at a map, I know the destination that I'm getting to, and so I need these major Major classes that get me to that destination. This is where we start to get some specialization. This is like what I love to do and what I care about. But not all just what you love and what you care about. There are things that you say, or, or that the the education system says you still need these things if you're going to do what you want to do, whether you want to do them or not. It's kind of this hybrid between core classes and then this last one, which is electives. Uh, electives, uh, I like to refer to them as like free for alls, right? A lot of times, people don't care what you take for electives, right? I, I had 120 credit degree requirement. I needed 120 credits to graduate. So that means if my core classes are satisfied, if my major classes are satisfied, no one cares what else I take as long as I pass or as long as I get credit. And here's who I was jealous of most. When I was in college, I found out the people that had the best electives that they could take was hospitality and tourism management. Anybody else realize that? They, they were taking classes called beekeeping. Let that sink in for a second. How to, how to have your own hive, right? They, they're taking wine tasting classes. They're taking golf. I mean, I, I would look at my friends and go, I I'm I'm picked the wrong major. Look, I want to do what you do. You get to choose all these other fun stuff, right? We, we do this in life. We have different categories for things. There's a question I want to ask you because of the series that we're in. If you had to look at prayer, the idea of prayer as a follower of Jesus, which category does prayer fit in for you? I don't just want the Jesus-correct answer you go, well, of course it's supposed to be this one. I mean, I, I think a lot of us, we approach prayer maybe through a couple different categories. One is prayer is core, prayers foundational, prayer is an anchor in my life and I need it, and everything else builds upon that. I, I think maybe some of us in this room might think that or agree with that or believe that, but I don't know if all of us actually act out of that place. Some of us think prayer is left to a certain group of people. It's those that are the prayer warriors, as we like to call them, those that have the gift of prayer, those that that intercede, those that join the prayer team. Prayer, if you have a specific end in mind that you've said prayer is at the end of the map for me, that's where I want to go, then maybe you would say prayer fits into this category. But if we're really honest, and I'm going to be honest with you a bunch today, uh, I think a lot of us treat prayer just like it's an elective. It's there if you want it. You don't necessarily need it. Uh, you can always pick up the phone and dial and say, hey, God, I'm in trouble. I need you. I need your help. I need you to intervene. Uh, we know it's always there. A lot of us don't always engage with it. We don't know what to do with it. And it's kind of this thing that's out there. And here's the problem with that is that if we treat prayer like it's an elective, we'll never actually experience what God intended for prayer to actually be. Bible talks about prayer all throughout. It doesn't matter if you're talking Genesis, Revelation, or everything in between, If I share some of the passages here in the Bible that talk about prayer, here's what the Bible actually says. Philippians 4.6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Matthew 5.44, this is one of the Gospels. But I tell you, love your enemies, Jesus said, and pray for those who persecute you. 1 Timothy 2, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And then Luke 5, 16, Courtney just referenced this one. Luke five sixteen says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. That's just a quick highlight for you of some of the different ways that the Bible talks about prayer, and it's all throughout Scripture. So here's a question, right? If I read, and if you read, and if we read together through the Bible, what we will see is countless stories of people being healed, People being set free. I mean, the, the people being imprisoned and the gates open wide open. I mean, uh, we, we see a couple other ones here. People healed, God speaking, people being set free, performing, God performing miracles or even raising people from the dead. If God is real and can still do all of those things today, then why don't many of us experience them? I think if we're totally honest... Many of us have not experienced the power of prayer because we treat it like it's an elective whether it's on a daily rhythm, a weekly rhythm, a monthly rhythm. Maybe it's a Sunday rhythm for you. Maybe you've outsourced it to other people. When crisis hits, you you ask others that you would consider more of the core or or the major people, would you please pray for me? I think most of us haven't even experienced a drop of what God has intended and gifted us and made accessible to us through the discipline, through the opportunity, through the communication of prayer. Most of us haven't experienced it at all all so here's what this then comes down to that's either a problem with god or it's a problem with us james chapter 5 says this this is what we're going to read today it's the passage we're going to be attached to is anyone among you in trouble let them pray is anyone happy let them sing songs of praise is anyone among you sick let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. But then James goes on and he says this, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed because the prayer of a righteous person Is powerful and effective. Do you notice weakness as a theme here in this passage? Do you notice that it's like when you're in trouble, right? When you're feeling weak, when things are out of your control, when crisis hits, when the economy crashes, when you receive a diagnosis, when your child goes ballistic, when crisis hits in your life? James says, James is the brother of Jesus. What do you have to do to convince your brother that you are the son of God? This is what James is writing. When I was with Jesus, I watched Jesus, I prayed with Jesus, I I witnessed him healing people and setting people free. James, the brother of Jesus, says, when you're in trouble, prayer is a great first step. When when you're in trouble, when, when you're weak, when you're struggling, when you're at a loss, when you don't feel like you're in control, when you have no idea what to do, James says, God's given us this thing called prayer. When you're sick... When you're hurting, when you've sinned, when you walk in carrying a boulder of shame or of guilt or of loneliness or of brokenness, of separation. When you feel like you are the one that's on an island, that you're separated and you're far from God. James says when you feel that, when you're experiencing that, why don't you come and pray? That weakness is something I think all of us try to get away from with every fiber of our being. So often we're not praying for God to meet us in that weakness. We're praying for God to take the weakness away from us. So what is prayer, right? If we talk about, like, what, what is prayer actually? A man named Watchman Nee, he was a missionary in China. He wrote this. He said, our prayers lay the track down on which God's power can come. Like a, a mighty locomotive, his power is irresistible, but it cannot reach us without rails. This missionary that planted churches all throughout China that taught the Chinese this is who Jesus is and he's alive and he's active and he's real. And then he talks about prayer and he says prayer. You know what prayer is? If God is like a mighty locomotive, he's like this giant steam engine full of power and strength and energy and as it's barreling down, the only thing that it looks for is a track to guide it. He says that's what your prayers are. Your prayers lay the track for God's power to intersect with our own weakness. I think so many of us are actually praying for the wrong things. I think it's why oftentimes our prayers go unanswered. Instead of allowing our prayers to point to the person of Jesus, we ask Jesus to point his attention on us. Let me give you an example. Jesus... Please give me what I need right now to deal with the situation that is out of control in my life. Jesus, my kids are, are running away from you or they're running away from us or they're struggling in life or they've been diagnosed with something. Jesus, please fix and solve that solution for me. Jesus, please give me the strength to endure this job that I hate. Jesus, please, please, please provide us uh, the strength or the courage or the boldness or, or, or whatever it is that's required to endure this next season that we are stepping into as a couple or as a family. Jesus, give me favor. Maybe, maybe our prayers go like this. Jesus, give me favor in my workplace allowing me to be so effective in sales or effective at business or effective at so many other opportunities that we have in front of us on a day-to-day basis in the calling that God's called us to. God, would you give me strength and courage and boldness? Would you give me favor in my workplace to do what it is that I am here to do? A couple other ones. God, give me strength to fight this diagnosis. Give me strength to fight this disease. Give me the medicine that I need. Give the doctors the wisdom so that they know what to do to help cure me, to get me on the other side of this trial right now. Maybe maybe was just financial. God, give me the money that I need right now. Jesus, you know the situation. You know the brokenness. You, you know the fear. You know the instability that we've planted our lives on, and it's playing itself out now. Jesus, we need you. Would you please give us exactly what we need? Prayer gives us access to Jesus and His power, not our own. I think so many of us, it's easy to ask God for things that give us strength or us power. And once we get it, I think we're so tempted to walk away, and it is not what Jesus has intended for us at all. I was doing leaves yesterday with uh, my son. So he turns five this coming week, and uh, he was out there. I'm on the lawnmower, and, you know, we got this big bagger on it, and so I'm trying to bag up a bunch of leaves, and I, I handed him uh, this little blower. It's like a little electric blower. It's like a cheapie from Lowe's or whatever. So he's running around, and he's blowing leaves, whatever, and he's having fun. And I brought up this drill. There's a reason there's stuff up here. Uh, he he brought it up, right? We, we have, like, all the same. They're all Cobalt, right? That's the Lowe's brand, so the batteries are interchangeable. So he's out there, and he's blowing leaves, whatever, and and then he finally gets to the end and he goes, he, he comes over to me and he's got like panic in his eyes and he goes, dad, blower's dead. And I go, okay, no problem. Like we got more batteries. So we go, we get a battery. I mean, the batteries, I don't know how to use this one. It's just, it's just like this, right? You've seen this batteries, right? Without the battery, the thing's dead. You plug it in, it works. I was like, no problem, Judah. Like, let's go. Judah cycled through like three batteries and they're big batteries, he just kept cycling through him, and, and I finally, I was paying attention, like, what is he doing that he's just running this? Because the leaves weren't changing. You know what I'm saying? No leaves. I finally found him. He's in his sandbox, and there's this giant puddle, and he's just taking the blower going, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, look at that. Isn't that cool? Just kind of splashes up. and goes. He's draining through all my batteries, you know, blowing water off a sandbox. I'm like, we're going to need this thing, dude. Here, here's the point, right? At some point, the battery dies, doesn't it? It's, at some point, like it's dead. And in our world, we just go, no problem. We either grab another battery and keep going, or we do what? Charge it. You just throw it on the charger. I think this is a great illustration for how many of us do life. God, I don't want you to be too involved. I don't want to be too connected to you. I want to have the freedom to do what it is that I want to do. God, would you just fill up my battery? Would you just give me what I need? Give me the strength to endure this. Give me, give me the strength that I need in my body to fight this disease. God, God, give us counseling right now just to help us through this little thing in our marriage right now. That's, that's a struggle. But, but once we get on that, we're good. God, give me, we, our prayers so often look like this. God, would you please charge my battery so that I don't need you? I do this all the time. You know what this looks like? like? if I compare it, you see this up here, right? This is what God offers us. It's this long power cord. And God is plugged in, right? He's at the source. There's a plug over there somewhere. He's plugged in, and he's walking around going, "Anybody needs some? Anybody needs some power? Anybody need some, some Jesus? Anybody need some presence? Anybody need some relationship? Anybody want some healing? Anybody want true restoration? True freedom? Anybody? Anybody? And so many of us, I think, are walking around going like this Nope! Just charge up my battery. I'm gonna sit with you, I'm gonna pray with you for a very short season, a very short amount of time. I'm gonna treat it like it's an elective because it's not my calling, it's not my thing, it's not what I'm wired to do. God, charge up my battery so that I can leave you and I can go do exactly what I want. I think, friends, this is why God doesn't answer a lot of our prayers. We're praying to be independent of the one that wants us to be dependent on him. You know what we bring to the equation? A dead battery. That's what we bring. We bring weakness. Prayer, if I boiled it down or if I said it in a a different way, I would say it like this. Prayer, go ahead and hit that slide for me. Prayer facilitates the collision between God's power and our weakness. Prayer is not designed to be a battery that just holds a charge for a while. What we're designed, what we're created to be is connected at the hip to our heavenly father. We're, we're not praying for strength. We're praying for him to be our strength. We're not praying for refuge. We're praying for Jesus to be our refuge. We're, we're not just praying for healing from something bodily. We're, we're praying that Jesus would be our healing on the deepest level of our souls. There's two different ways to pray, praying like it's a battery or praying like it's connected directly to the source. And Jesus is sitting there going, I, I want to give you access to me. I wanna give you access to my Holy Spirit. I wanna give you access to the power that I wield. There is no other way to get access to me other than a direct connection. And that's what he offers. But do you want it? Do you actually want it? Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 12, He was asking God, God, give me freedom from this thing, this pain, this thing. He called it a thorn in his side, something that just kept being there. It was there all the time. He said, God, please take it. Please take it. Please take it. And basically, God said no. And Paul, he said this. Paul, talking about his conversation with God, he said, my grace, God speaking, is sufficient for you. For my, say the word with me. Power. For my Power. God speaking, my power is made perfect, say this one, in in weakness. There's why we resist that. God's saying, you want to see my power on full display? It's the intersection, it's that collision between your weakness, between your mortality, between your frailty, between your shortcomings, between your sin and your sickness and your brokenness and your death. You want to see my power on display? You bring that heaven collides with earth and it's run over like a freight train of power of goodness of love he says my power is made perfect in weakness therefore paul is now talking i will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that christ's power may rest on me not so that I'm strong now. Not so that my battery's charged now. Now that I go into the situations, I'm good and I'm, I'm high. I'm, I'm filled right to the brim. He's saying, no, no, no. I'm, I'm strong when Jesus' power is on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Can I be really... Honest with you. I am so sick of the gap that I see and that I witness and that I'm a part of, that I contribute to on a regular basis. The gap between what I read about in this book. I open up this book, and I read, I mean, especially like the book of Acts, I read through the book of Acts, and I see what happens to to the disciples of Jesus, to those that have given their lives to him, to those that prayed fervently, and they asked, like, Holy Spirit, would you show up? I'm so sick of seeing the gap between what they lived and what they experienced and how they walked with God and then how we do it here today. I'm so sick of it. I don't want to be the pastor of a church that does services. I just don't. I don't want to do another service, I don't want to do another sermon, I don't want to do just another weekend, week out thing where we all come in, we all sing a bunch of songs, we do some stand-up sit-downs, you know, we, we close our eyes and we go, yes, Lord, do it do right now. We, we want you to come in, but like only come in and stay for like five minutes so that I can still go home and watch the Lions play on TV at home. So way too many of us, this, is, this has just become a rhythm, it's just become a pattern, it's just become like this, this is what we do, and we don't expect much, I mean, we wrestle, do, do, we want, do we want to experience God? Do we want to experience his power? Do we want to experience his healing? Do we want to experience his breakthrough? Do, do we actually want a move of the Holy Spirit that, that goes across our entire nation? Do we actually want that, or do we just want him to fill up our battery and get out of the way? I'm so sick of it. And I'm not coming at you I'm coming at me more than anything. This has been the hardest area for me to grow over the last probably three or four years to go, God, I don't want to be weak. And when your power shows up, sometimes I'm afraid that there's going to be so much power that kind of cycles through this cord, it's going to blow out anything that I plug into it on the other side. Do you have that fear? Like like God, if I prayed for healing for somebody and then you healed them right there. I feel like that freaked me out. Is that okay to say to you? Would that freak you out? And I want it, and I pray for it, and I ask for it. I was sitting with our... I'm skipping ahead to something here. I'm getting out of order. Classic. <laughs> I was sitting with our advisory team this last week. Our advisory team here at Frontline is just a—it's a, four individuals that help me just discern what God's doing and where he's moving and where he's stirring in the lives of our, our people here at, at our church. Like, what, what is he leading us to? Here's what our advisory team, they said people are walking away hurting right now every week. People are walking away hurting and dealing with wounds every single week because they're not willing to address it or have someone pray for them. That's what our team was saying about us. They're leaving with broken marriages and diseases that are destroying their bodies, addictions that are ripping families apart. There's a division that's getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and it happens week in and week out. I think God's got more for us than that. I, I love this about God. He doesn't force himself on us. He, he doesn't run us over like a freight train. He, he, he just waits and he's patient, and he's loving, and he's kind, and he moves slow. I just learned that about God. He, he moves slow, but he, he wants to speak into the broken areas of your life. He wants to bring healing to the deepest parts of your heart. He wants to bring healing to your body. He wants to free you of the anxiety and the fear that has gripped your mind. He he wants to bring healing to the most broken parts of your family that keep you up at night or, or make you angry or frustrate you because of the brokenness that has existed and how it's played itself out. God wants to bring healing. He wants to bring his power. He wants to bring his strength. He wants to be a part of these situations, but he will not force himself. He simply asks the question, do you want me? Which puts it in our court. Do we actually want Him to do that? What if we actually allowed our prayers to be the conduit of His power? To take the burden of outcomes and perceptions off of our own shoulders and to instead do what James talks about and pray as if we are tapping Him to a power that is not our own. Here's what this looks like. I think it's to lay hands on the person in our life that's sick. It's not just me, it's not just pastors it's not just our staff it's not just your small group leaders it's not just key volunteers this is everybody that considers themselves a follower of jesus to lay hands on the person in our life that's sick or the couple that's struggling with infertility or the one that's just been diagnosed with cancer who's struggling with mental illness and pray that god's healing touch would make them well if we became a church that did that do you know what would happen in our community If we simply said, Jesus, I want to tap into your power and I'm going to do what you said and I'm going to to lay my hands on them and pray for them as an agent of you. I'm connected to you and I'm allowing you to distribute that power and to distribute that healing wherever it is that you call me to. Here's what it would look like. It's to pray fervently for the friend or the family member that walked away from faith or the one that hates God or the one that cheated on their spouse or abandoned their family, instead of retreating and being angry and critical and frustrated and hurt, to, to uh, adopt a lifestyle of praying for the person that is causing havoc in our lives. You want to see, see our community change? You do that one, you'll see your own heart change. When you begin praying for those people, fervently asking God bless them right now. Bless them in this season. Allow me to be a conduit of your blessing that maybe, God, it might bring them back to a relationship with you uh, to pray that God would provide for the needs of someone close to us rather than just saying, here's what I can do. Here's what I can contribute. I can operate out of my own battery mentality saying, God, you can provide. You know what they need. I'm praying for your provision, God. They don't need to know. They don't need to, to know that we're praying for them for it, but God, I'm praying that you would provide provide housing for them, provide child care for them, provide medicine for them, whatever it is that we pray. If we became a people that prayed for the needs of others, it would change our community. This one's hard. I'll group the next two together because they stink. To pray for our leaders instead of criticizing and mocking them and to pray for both our friends and our enemies. See why I grouped those together? Uh-oh, there's an election next year. It means right now we're praying for Russia and Ukraine. It means right now we're praying for Israel and Hamas. It means right now we're praying for people, whether they're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, Tea Party, whatever, Independent, That that we just pray for them. That we bless them. You want to see church change? You tap into that. You say, God, would you direct my prayers? Would you direct my business? Would you direct my school? Would you direct my marriage? Would you direct my family? Would you allow us to become a people of prayer because when we tap into your power, God, it creates this collision with the weaknesses of earth met with the strengths of the kingdom and God changes everything. Don't you want to be a part of that? I know I do. I'm going to invite the band to come back up here. There's this quote by R.A. Tori. He's an American evangelist. He said this. He says, When the devil sees a man or woman who really believes in prayer, who knows how to pray, and who really does pray, and above all, when he sees a whole church on its face before God in prayer, he trembles as much as he ever did, for he knows that his day in that church or that community is at an end. That gives me goosebumps. I want to invite us to do that. I mean, friends, I'll be super honest with you. That's where we're headed as a church. That's who we got to become. If we want to see God's power break into the most broken places of our world, if we want to see the next generation just set on fire, for love that they have for the person of Jesus. they got to see us do this. It's got to be real. If we actually want to experience what the disciples experienced in the book of Acts and, and all throughout Scripture where miracles take place, where people are actually healed when the demon-possessed are, are freed from oppression, when addicts are cured if we actually want to see the kingdom of God that ushers into the world in which we live, that right now and lately, man, it's just a reminder, it is broken. It is painful. It it is dark. It's not full of hope. You just see everything declining and declining and declining. What God gives us, it is an invitation to bring all of that to him. So as we close right now for this sermon we have to close with a time of prayer we just have to I've, I've learned to love prayer so much when it, when it comes out of a time of scripture like just reading reading some verses and, and just going okay God di- direct me what, what, what hits me what stirs me what, what direction can I pray for right now or when it comes out of a place of worship lately I, I've been doing both of those things before I pray And it's changed my prayer life. So we worshiped this morning already. We opened up God's word. We read his word. Right now, what I I just want to do is I want to ask you, what's the thing right now that God's moving in your spirit? What's the thing? I, I gave a, a bunch of examples, stuff going on in the world or stuff going on in your life or your family, your marriage, your relationships, your context. Maybe maybe it's close. Maybe it's a, a step away. Maybe it's far. What is the thing right now that you feel like God is saying, I want you to pray for this? And if you don't know, it's okay. Let's ask him to direct us right now. I want us to be a church that goes after him we can't do anything in our own power nothing of value and nothing that'll last we want his power his guidance his direction his his touch of healing and his power so as we leave this place let's not leave as a people with full batteries because it'll run out let's leave as a people that say i'm going to stay connected i'm going to stay connected to the source And the thing that's broken or the thing that's off or the thing that's not well in my life right now, Jesus, I'm going to plug that into you and I'm going to allow you to lead me. So let's pray together. Let's ask him. Holy Spirit, we just come before you right now. We just thank you for what you're doing. uh, Just right now, just in this moment. God, I pray that uh, whatever guilt we bring in or shame that we bring into this, maybe maybe it's easy for us to say, well, I haven't prayed enough or I haven't made this a priority and I, I'm bad, I'm a bad follower of Jesus or I'm a bad example or I, I should have done this and I missed the opportunity. Jesus, we know that you're not you're not desiring to bring us to a place right now where we just beat ourselves up. You're inviting us to a place right now as we look forward and as we look ahead to, to change the atmosphere to change the environment, to raise the thermostat to the level that the Holy Spirit would like it to be. And so God, as a church, we just make ourselves available to you. We just ask that you would guide us right now, that you would speak something into our hearts right now. What is the thing, God? That's what we're asking you. What is the thing you would like us to direct our prayers to for a season? Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a couple. Maybe it's a community, maybe it's a country. God, I just pray right now that you would just invade this space. Pray that we would tap into you, your power. This is all about you, Jesus. We want to serve you well. We want to represent you well. And to do that, we need you and your power. So meet us in this moment. Meet us today. Meet us this week as representatives of you for your kingdom. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said together. We hope this message encouraged you in seeing who God is and who you are in him. If you want to take a next step, visit FrontlineGR.com slash next. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.